Hi everyone! Welcome to the first half of episode 9 of Lit Tea. I'm your host, Sabrina Lotfi, and today I'm so excited to be joined by Michaela Watnall, who is a literary agent at Distal, Goderich, and Burette. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell your writing friends. Hello! Hi! I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> okay. So the first thing I like to ask everybody when we get started is what book made you a reader? Good question. Um, I don't know that I have a specific book. I just was one of those kids who read everything I could get my hands on. My mom very much taught me to be a reader. Like she put books in my hand from a super young age. We would like read together at bedtime all the time. Um, But I do, and I know I was voraciously reading like all through elementary school, but I specifically remember in sixth grade, the first book I got like, obsessed with which was absolutely normal chaos by Sharon Creech have you read that one cool I haven't read that one yet yeah I I loved that book for so many reasons um it's uh, a a girl's journal about what she gets up to over a summer um it's at a class assignment and at the very front of her journal is a note begging her teacher not to read it oh cute she's turning it in because she wants to prove she did it, but there's so much drama, there's so much personal stuff in there that she's like, please don't read this. And as a kid, that's so enticing, right? To like pick up a book and that's the first yes. the first note. But I really connected to it because uh, the main character just has a, a huge chaotic family. Um, and my family's not as large as hers, but I come from a family where everyone's just like moving and doing something all the time. Um, like the house is never quiet. So I think I just really connected to, to her yeah chaotic family life um and she gets really into the book the odyssey um i think she has to read it for a school assignment and then you're that's kind of part of the story as well and it prompted me to read the odyssey as a sixth grader i don't know it just it was a very influential book so i yeah it wasn't the the first one that i fell in love with by any means but it definitely is my biggest memory of a book that that kind of had a really big hold on me and like really kind of took control of your brain while you were going and yes and stuck with you afterwards absolutely it also helped me get uh, a perfect score on a spelling test because the word um chaos was on there and everyone else thought it started with a k but nice was the title of the book <laughs> so i knew it was a ch um to this day i remember this detail <laughs> oh, i love that that's so fun <laughs> yeah okay i'm gonna check that one out is that what is that middle grade? Is that why? That's middle okay, grade. Okay. Yeah, it's like old school middle grade. Okay, cool. Oh, I'm hearing I'm hearing a weed whacker on my end of things, so that's exciting. Oh, that's okay. We can. <laughs> uh, we'll probably get a dog whining or scratching at some okay. point. You got your cat over there. I saw. Yeah. And yeah. All good. Yeah. Okay. So, was there a particular book that made you want to become an agent? I wish there was a really good answer for that, but honestly, like all the books. I was in middle school and high school, truly like my role among my friend group was to be a book pusher, like before I even knew that term. Oh, I love that. I got to know the, you know, kind of not even I I didn't know like who was the big author of the time or anything, but I was in the bookstore constantly and picking things of interest off the shelf. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much any author whose book I liked, I then wanted to read everything else they'd ever published and whatever they were coming out with. So I actually got in the habit like how many middle school and high schoolers know that all books are usually released on a Tuesday? Like I, I didn't knew know that, that because, yeah. <laughs> because I was tracking when the new thing in my favorite series was coming out and I would be hyping it up so much to all my friends that there would usually be a list of people that I was going to lend the book to after I read it. Um, so I was this like walking 
library. library. Yes. <laughs> Very much. And I loved, I loved getting people hooked on the things I was hooked on because I was so into them that I wanted to talk with everybody about them. So if I was able to convince everyone around me to read it, then that meant I had a whole like group of people I could, I could book talk with. Mm -hmm. Um, so that honestly, like from that age, I knew I wanted to work with books because it's just, it would like consumed me. Like, and I wanted, I was curious about the other side too. Like I was, I wanted to know how the books got made and be involved in that process. So I, I knew pretty early on um, that that's sort of where I was headed. That is so cool. That's actually really funny about being the library at your school too. You actually did school and library marketing. This is true. As well. So you kind of just <laughs> continued that as a job. Yes, a lot of a lot of library connections. That's such a good point. <laughs> that's so funny. Okay, that's really cool. Well, I saw your cat earlier. Do you have Yes. Do you have just one cat? I've got two cats. Um, okay. They're little brothers. They are named after Six of Crows characters. Um, oh, <laughs> I thought I was gonna have to convince my partner when we got them to name them after book characters. But this was about uh, they're about five years old. So we've had them for about five years. And the two of us were really into Six of Crows. I think the second book had recently come out. And as soon as we saw them, um, their coloring matched a couple of the like main characters. So we've got Kaz and we've got Wylan. Um, but their their personalities don't match the characters. Um, Kaz is super cuddly and sweet. And Wylan's got a bit of a, a personality on him. But he's the, he's the cat that's sort of... Uh, imprinted on me and my, my partner gets the sweet cuddly one. So that nice. <laughs> that's just how it tends to work <laughs> out. But yeah, Wyland likes to sleep next to me. Um, and, and he'll get grumpy if I don't have his bed next to, next to my desk while I work. <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah. So does yeah. this one. She's just like, mm, what are you doing without yeah, me? They're good company. They are. And they're very, they're very entertaining. Um, I'm lucky to have two cats that they're, they were like the bonded pair in their litter. So they get along super well and they cuddle and they play fight. And yeah, they're, they're, they're good fun. Oh, that's super fun. Um, do you do anything else outside of agenting? Let's see. I mean, as I think probably a lot of people say in answer to this sort of question, you know, this job is pretty all-consuming. It um, is. But I like to make make time for, for other stuff as well, um, mostly in, like, other creative areas. So um, my my partner and I met through doing creative projects, so we've always got something going on. Um, right now we're working on, like, a, a narrative podcast with our friends. Oh, so I, I help um, – kind of story edit with my, my partner writes it, but I get to kind of workshop the story kind of like I do with my clients. Um, and then um, I'm sort of, I love like project coordination. I was a stage manager in, in college um, for theater. So I'm the one, you know, getting all the schedules in order, making sure everyone's on the Zoom call on time. And then I actually get to like direct the episodes, which is really fun That's and something cool. I hadn't done before this. So I get to kind of r run the show a little bit, which, which is something I wasn't used to. I had mostly been backstage before, but yeah, it's, it's fun to work with really talented actors um, and hear them bring to life uh, words that, that you helped get on the page. It's a really unique experience and really fun. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really fun. It's a fun outlet. What's this podcast called? Has, has it aired yet? It is yet? not out yet. No, I don't really okay. have details to share quite yet. It's been like one of those very long processes that actually started during the pandemic. We'd always, we'd kind of done little bits of it beforehand, um, like workshopped things with our, with our friends who are the actors in it. But um, when the pandemic hit and we were all kind of losing our minds stuck in our, <laughs> in our apartments, it, was, it seemed like a really good time to start it up again. Um, so we're, we're working on getting all of the stuff recorded before releasing it. But so long, a long work in progress. Um, okay, cool. Other than that, I'm a, I'm a huge Broadway uh, person. So even though I live in LA, I like to keep up on what 
the newest shows are in New York and the West End and listen to show tunes all the time. It's just another way I think of accessing stories um, in a different, a different, uh, yeah, element. It is, yeah. I like TV for it. I like yeah. movies. I like books. Uh, I mean, even songs. Totally, can play those stories, are my favorite songs. So, yeah, it's all different mediums. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a theme running through. I think. Yes. Theater and libraries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a pretty, pretty simple person. Pretty simple soul. <laughs> I am too. Do you want to dive into some agenting questions? Sure. Okay. So do you want to walk us through how you became an agent aside from just knowing and like handing books out yes. and yes. books out <laughs> down the middle school hallway? <laughs> yeah, I know. It feels faded in a way. But yeah, sure. I'm happy to talk through that a little bit. Um so yeah, like I said, it, uh, growing up, everyone, you know, I was a huge reader and everyone always kind of assumed that meant I was going to be a writer. And that was what, you know, all the adults in my life were like, oh, you're going to be an author someday. And that never really felt right. And I didn't know why. Um, and it, it was because I didn't really know that there were other options. And as I went off to college and started to learn about publishing, I realized that like, I'm not so much a writer as I am a reader. Like, that's the thing that I love. I love, I love, you know, engaging with the story and, and, and really thinking about it and, and the craft of that. Um, so, uh, in college, I actually panicked a little bit because publishing felt like such an obvious path. I was like, there <laughs> must be something else that I'm overlooking. Like surely, yeah. surely there's some other like thing I should be considering, but no, like it was publishing. It was always going to be publishing. Um, so I did the thing that I think a lot of people do, which is take any and all internships that I could. Um, I just wanted my foot in the door. I wanted experience. I would, I, uh, I didn't really know all the roles that there were yet at that time. So I just wanted to do anything. But the very first internship that I got actually was like a remote internship at an agency where over a summer, all I did was read queries. Like that was, that was my entire internship. Um, and I loved it. What was your, was your role there? Were you, were you sending out rejections too, or were you just sending them to the right people? No, I was I, as the intern, no, all, all I was doing was reading for one agent and just kind of okay. looking through okay. for anything that jumped out that she might want to take a closer look at. That was the whole, that was the way I spent the whole summer and I fell in love nice. with it. I was like, this is so exciting. It's treasure hunting. It is. You get to just kind of dig and find. <laughs> like, it's bad, but like my favorite part of reading books is always starting them. So like, it's like, it's sort of like doing that with queries all the time. Like just like every time it's the start of a new thing, like like uh, the promise of a new adventure, every single email that you open. So anyways, that was my very first exposure to like what a literary agent even did. And that's obviously just a small piece of it. Um, but even as I went on to do other internships in other areas, I always remembered that experience and what I had learned about agenting. And it just felt like it probably was going to be the best combination of the things that I'm good at and the things that I'm interested in. Um, so, you know, getting to be involved on the front end of the creative process, getting to work with creators. Um, but also I'm just an, I'm a naturally organized, you know, to a painful extent sort of person. It sounds like it. I've been talking about how you're running the podcast and everything, getting to direct and everything. That sounds like a <laughs> lot of moving pieces to keep Sometimes together. Sometimes it's an annoying trait to have. Um, but like for better or for worse I'm good at email you know like I'm good at staying on top of stuff um that's even awesome. if I hate being in my inbox most of the day that's that's just kind of where I naturally thrive so so realizing that there was a, a job in publishing that was a mix of the creative part and the like project management part mm -hmm. was super exciting to me so um yeah so I did enter the industry in school and library marketing just because that's where the best you know job opportunity cropped up for me um and I wasn't you know, I, I had my hopes that I would find my way back to agenting, but didn't really know what that, that path would look like. 
Um, so I spent a couple years at a little marketing company in Nashville, Tennessee, where we did uh, the U.S. marketing publicity for international children's publishers. So my very first experience in the industry was actually working with like picture books in middle grade from countries around the world and doing kind of the, being their U.S. Um, arm, which was super cool. That's really that sounds really cool. It yeah. was a great experience. And the other big piece of that job was getting sent around to all of the teacher and librarian shows. So, you know, you might have heard of like um, ALA, the American Library Association. They have a couple of big conferences every year where all of the librarians descend um and it's basically like comic-con for librarians um i have heard of it and it sounds amazing it's a very cool atmosphere but so they've got a lot of conferences like that for librarians you know there's a huge one for texas librarians there's ones for like English teachers, for example, and so obviously those um, have a lot of programming um, that authors will get sent to to speak on panels, things like that. But they also have just like a Comic Con, like a big exhibition hall where there are vendors, you know, trying to sell you the new types of library shelves or like new things for your classroom. But also book people are there. So a lot of the publishers will show up and have their own booths and promo their new stuff. Um, so I was getting sent with my company to. Um, work in a booth uh, for you know a full weekend and just chat with teachers and librarians find out about what they were looking for in their classroom share books with them that were coming out and see if I could find a match for them and again that was such a cool um, way to start my career of yeah. just getting to talk with people who had a lot more experience than me and and find out you know what what books got them excited um, and also hype up books that I really loved. So it was a very cool entryway into the industry. That sounds so fun. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like you got to just talk about books all the time and like, who doesn't want to yes. do that? <laughs> yes, it was exhausting, to be fair. Um, those weekends, like I remember getting home one night and waiting for my partner to get back and I was like sitting there and I was like, it was 8 p.m. or something. It was so early. And I was like, I'm just going to sit up in bed and like, wait, and I the lights were on and I was out. Yes. Like I was sitting mm -hmm. up and just out because it takes it out of you it, but. there it's it's a lot of social as well in that it's a lot of social so much you are on the whole time mm -hmm. totally and you're setting up and taking down a booth too so like there's a lot oh, there's a big okay. physical element and you're, <laughs> like book book boxes are really heavy it turns books out books are heavy yes i love going to like the the uh they have like texas team book festival here um and everything i love going but then i'm like yes i do have a rolling suitcase what <laughs> yes yes no that's the way to do it yeah. um but yeah but yeah so that was my exposure like my first entry into the industry and i ended up um doing a similar role at chronicle books for a little while um pretty much the exact same thing like liaising with mm -hmm. the teachers and librarians just at a, a bit of a higher level um but the whole time i knew i was like you wanted back into agenting I, I yeah agent. yeah i want to be an agent and so i was reading for for agents at the time like uh, i w had connected with a few agents through internships where i would um, you know, be giving a read to some of their client manuscripts or manuscripts they were considering and writing up reports for them. Full books or just the yeah. queries? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, for full books. I think it was. I think it was usually actually like client manuscripts that they wanted a second opinion on. Okay. Um. So then I that gave me great experience about you know reading a, a manuscript and coming up with suggestions for how to strengthen it. Um, and at the same time, I was reviewing books as well for, for a publishing journal. Um, so reading a lot of new YA and evaluating that as well. Um, so all this to say, when um, a job opening opened up at my current agency, I came in with a lot of experience um, in my like, at, at that point, I'd been in the industry for three years. So I had a decent, you know, my marketing background for my full time job, but I'd also been doing a lot of work writing about and evaluating books that gave me 
I think a bit of a leg up um, and in good experience when I came into this role, which was which was awesome. Yeah, no, that's super cool. So now you're at Distal. I am. Okay. How do you say Michael's last name? Brett. I Brett. know. Okay. I know. It's, every name in our in our agency name is like a yeah a potential to, to slip up. It is. I know. As soon as I said Distal, I was like, I should probably just clarify on all of these. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I know. It's a tricky one. Um, but yes, uh, Distal, Godrich, and Burrett is how okay, you say Okay, okay. <laughs> Distal, Godrich, and Burrett. Okay. That's it. I got it. Yes. I'm going to have a great intro on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you started there as an assistant, mm-hmm. not as an intern. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I still am. I still assist Michael to this day. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a nice balance because I am able to, you know, work for the agency and get a lot of amazing experience um, by doing that, but also slowly but surely build up my own list at the same time. So it's, um, I feel really lucky to be here because the mentorship is kind of unbelievable. Like I, I know that in a lot of other places, both in our industry and just kind of work life in general, it can be hard to find the mentorship you need to, um, to grow mm-hmm. um, and to feel confident. Um, but I am so lucky to have landed an agency where literally like every agent here is so ready to give me advice, um, to answer every question, um, to share their experience with me. Um, so I have felt so lucky to be, to be growing my career here. That is so awesome. Yeah. I love to hear that. Yeah. Sometimes you do hear about like just getting kind of thrown into it. Totally. You're like, okay. And go yeah. like, we're here if you have any questions, but like, yeah. No, that hasn't been in my experience at all. And also in fairness, I am not afraid to ask questions. I much prefer, you know, I, I want to, feel completely confident what I'm doing for myself and for my clients. You want to know what's going on. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I always am like double checking with folks or getting second opinions or finding out, you know, what do you know about this editor? What's their wish list like? You know, things like that. It's just so, so valuable to have a whole, a whole team of people who are, are ready at any second to answer those questions. And I mean, any second, like people are so fast on email and I am, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. What's kind of your role as assistant Yeah, that, that's kind of ongoing? Like, how does that work? I do all sorts of things. Um, working with Michael's great because it's very much like a, a, a teamwork thing. It's not like there's, you know, certain jobs that are just mine and certain things that are just him. I just support him however makes sense, but that's in everything from, you know, looking through queries for things that might be interesting to him, um, you know, scheduling calls, routing documents, tracking where we are on all of his, you know, he has a big, exciting client list. So making sure that everything is, you know, we're getting paid on time, that uh, we're following up on everything we need to at different times. I help him track all of that. Um, but then I also will help him sometimes, you know, craft pitch letters or take a look at his pitch letters and offer suggestions, um, research submission lists and and things like that. But again, it's very much, he's extremely hands-on with all of his clients. Like he works directly with them and I am just kind of the support on that. Um, so it's really just me jumping in wherever it can be helpful to him. Which again is great. It's like everything that I do with him, I'm I'm learning for myself as well. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably learn a lot, especially totally. since you're not in your own little bubble. Like here's your assigned tasks, and I'm doing these things, and then we'll meet up once a week or whatever. Yeah, I think that would be so hard. Exactly, I think it'd be very very hard to learn that way. But instead, when we're collaborating on a lot of stuff, or I'm working alongside him and watching how he does things, it's a great way for me to to yeah learn learn an agenting style for sure. And then I think it said in your bio you started as an assistant there in 2019. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't, what year, where are we in? <laughs> where are we again? <laughs> where yeah. are we in the world? Uh, is it yeah. 2020? It's almost 2020. 
23. Horrifying. It's horrifying. really close. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you've only been there not super long. It's going to be about three years this month. Yeah. Yeah. I just saw some, you know, I saw some of your recent deals on Twitter announcements and like, yeah, you're getting your client list. You're building your client list up. That's so awesome. Yeah, I have. I'm so lucky. The authors that I work with. Do you love it so much? I do. Yeah, it is like it's such a thrill and I work with the coolest people like the coolest writers who have incredible ideas and write stories that I adore so yeah and um my first few clients are coming out with their debuts next year and it's just such a an exciting time um and I love getting to be along for that ride yeah that's awesome um I kind of I want to jump ahead because you you do have a lot of debuts. Yeah. It's so scary for like a new author going in is, you know, having not sold anything before. Um, You think you you learn you do you do learn so much when you're querying and everything. But then once you get to that next step and you have an agent, it's just all new again. Yeah. So um, yeah, do you um, do a lot of like helping navigate totally their careers? Totally. I am we are yeah yeah we are very much in communication on everything as everything happens so i am kind of like there to answer okay any question um or to even jump in and clarify a question that i'm assuming they're going to have if something comes up okay okay um yeah i like to be really involved in the in the conversation and i'm completely looped into everything that's uh happening between them and the editor and the publishing team um i'm I'm part of all of those conversations. So it's it's very much like a, a teamwork thing where I, we're, I'm there to support kind of in any way that they need. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's like uh, once you once you sell your book, you're like, oh my gosh, what now? Like, what does this look like? Yeah, there's a lot of little things that go, that are involved that you just, you don't even know happen. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to, yeah, it's, it's great for me to be able to talk my clients through things when we, you know, heat, yeah, hit each new step. But also my clients have been really great at asking questions when they're when they don't know something. And I think that's sometimes hard to be brave about that and to like put yourself out there. But it's there's just so much to know. And sometimes the people who have been in the industry a long time, like, don't think about, oh, they might not be familiar with what this process looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's also um, I think really important to advocate for yourself as well. And that's something I've seen my my clients do such a good job of, of being like, I don't know how this works. How does this work? And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> What's happening right now? Like, this is new. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I love that. I love hearing that. Okay, so you said you're very collaborative. Yes. How often do y'all share submissions and everything? Pretty often, actually, at our agency. Um, yeah, we... I feel so lucky to be at an agency where a lot of people do many different things and yet we all somehow seem to have like a a vibe to our list or like certain interests that even if maybe we all share the interest, we know that so-and-so like has it the strongest or like I've kind of developed a reputation for kind of like, I don't know, nerdier books in a certain way or like very <laughs> specific trophy stuff that like I almost feel called out sometimes. Like my, my colleagues will be like, oh, this is a you thing. And I'm like, how did you know that? Um, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, they, seriously, people will sometimes, like, describe things that I want in a way that I've never even described before. I'm like, how did you know that? I didn't even know how to put words to that. So nice. so all this to say, yeah, we absolutely share a lot of the times if, if something doesn't feel like a fit for one of us, but we have a sense that someone else might like their eyes on it. We, we lean towards sharing um, just, you know, to make sure that everybody who, who could be a fit at the agency has got their eyes on it. Cool. Yeah. You're a film coordinator as well. I, and I didn't include that in my questions and I'm really sorry. Oh, it's all Because I want to hear all about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have so many hats here. Um, but yeah, we've got a whole subrights team. We've got an incredible um, audio and foreign director um, and, and an assistant in that department too who just do 
incredible work that I don't understand. And that's their whole focus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is, that is what they, that's what they handle is, is getting awesome deals, um, in, in the forward and audio market for our, for our clients. So it feels, I feel very lucky to be somewhere where that is like such a strong focus. Um, mm-hmm. and that I can feel confident that we're going to be really aggressive in, in getting those deals. Not just you being aggressive. You've got other people being aggressive too. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which is great. Um, and then, yeah, I'm sort of the, in addition to assisting Michael, uh, I should just get three different hats and switch them on and off. But um, I, you should. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm also the, the film rights coordinator here, which basically means I'm a, I'm like the hub for film rights. So I'm the person that all the Hollywood people come to asking, there's, there's something called a rights check, which is basically uh, movie people all the time want to know if something's available. Usually it's like, they're just checking in on it. They're, they might pursue it. They might not, but they just want to, they just want to know the status, you know, film contracts are a lot shorter than publishing contracts, right? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. They're, are they longer? They might be longer. Yeah. 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 They're okay. Those are okay. A whole other beast. Yeah. 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 Or I mean, not, um, not the actual contract, but the deal, um, like the timeline, yeah, the timeline, oh. like the options for them, aren't those pretty short oh, typically, like they'll have like a year or something. Yeah. So an option agreement is usually, um, you know, if they're, if they're putting down money for, um, to option a book, mm-hmm. um, you work out all the terms of what would happen if they bought the film rights to the book. Mm-hmm. But, um, but what's happening in the first place is just them putting down a certain amount of money for for them to basically call dibs on it for a certain period of time which is what you're talking about so so that is usually somewhere between 12 to 24 months is usually what that that period looks like so they they have the right for that period of time to develop for film but they aren't obligated to actually do it they are not obligated to do it but you still get paid for that option correct correct that's so confusing yeah i know it's a whole it's its whole other world but yeah so then if it falls out then that means that it's available again and then you can sell another option and again it could still go nowhere but you could still make the money off of that okay and so it's not the same as if they end up making the thing they're gonna have to pay a purchase price so something even bigger like more money um if they end up actually producing the film or tv series um but that initial payment is still you know uh, nice to have um yeah so yeah so i'm the person people come to to be like is this book available? Is this available? Does one of those options exist? Yeah. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, and I just kind of coordinate within my, um, within my agency to make sure that, that I'm clear on what the status of everybody's books is. If there's a film co-agent attached with, which is somebody whose entire job is to negotiate like book to film deals. Um, so we work with a lot of those people who we'll, we will team up with. Do those get assigned like pretty initially, like once you get a publishing deal or does it vary by book? It or? completely depends. It completely depends, but it usually doesn't happen until after there's a deal in place. Um, okay. But again, depends. Sometimes it happens before. I've heard of that too. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's all different. It's all weird. Yes. It's a, it's a wild world. It really is. And it's something I didn't know much about before I joined here. So it's been really fun to get to know the yeah the film industry as well as books i definitely prefer the book industry but it's it's not it's not bad to also yeah just be like in on those conversations on the film side as well and then you said the actual contracts are longer than the book contracts oh yes (laughs) oh yes if not at least the same but like yeah they are they are detailed okay yeah. yeah that makes sense well and you also just said that they negotiate everything for if it moves forward so yeah that sounds Mm -hmm. really intense that's a lot of work for a possibility okay yes (laughs) for a maybe yes that's true 
but better to know. Yeah, yeah, you want to get all that ironed out beforehand. Yeah, but it's 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 been fun to have so many kind of different roles within the agency because I feel like I'm just like able to learn so much and kind of understand so many different like facets of of what we do in publishing. So yeah, it's been it's an it's a unique role. You probably don't get bored either. No. No, but it is funny when I'm flipping back and forth between emails to do with, I mean, and all agents have this, right? Like our jobs are so varied that you're on a call about a creative thing and then you're on a call about a business thing and then you're looking at a query, you know, on yeah. a, emailing it about a different thing. Exactly. It's just, which is, which I love. Like, I think I get, I, yeah, I think I'm the sort of person who would get very bored with a job that looked the same every day. Um, so that's kind of what I love about it. Okay. Yeah. Have you had any interest in writing yourself? Not so much. I mean, I, you know, I wrote for fun as a kid and stuff, but I've, I've really come to realize that the closest I get to that is, I mean, I love writing pitches, mm-hmm. but that's a little different. I think, I don't think that's what you're asking about. I, it's good I, to know uh, <laughs> though, because that's really helpful to get that help on the other end. Yeah. Yes. I really do love doing that. That's something that got, yeah, my first job. Oh, so much of my time was literally just spent writing pitches for, especially for picture books, which sometimes it's really hard to know what to say about uh, like a really commercial picture book. I mean, a pitch might be the same length as the book at that point. Right, exactly. <laughs> it was good training. It was good training. But no, I, yeah, I think the closest that I get is is working collaboratively and getting to, you know, with my clients, like talk story and talk like plot ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with my partner, like I said, who's a screenwriter, I get to, I'll like do line edits or we'll again, we'll come up with the story concept together. Um, but then he'll go off and write it and I'll, I'll get, I get to see it and, and edit it from there. That's I've, I've figured out that that's kind of my favorite place to be. Okay. It's the collaboration stage, but not necessarily the putting the words down part. Putting the words on the page. Okay. Uh, that's really hard. I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't know how we do it either. It is really hard. It's so hard. <laughs> Very hard. Um, I'm always deeply impressed. And you know what? One of my favorite parts of my job is when I talk with a client about their manuscript and I see it, an issue and I suggest a potential solution and then they come back and their solution is like, 50 times better than my suggestion was I'm just like this is why this is why you're the writer but they wouldn't have gotten to that solution without your suggestion and without seeing the issue from you so right. I don't mind I don't mind being the, the the person who pokes the holes but I have found that that the writers on my list are the ones who are the best at coming up with the the, the amazing solution and sometimes I am able to come up with it too but but for the most part um uh, yeah, the most brilliant, the most brilliant things usually come from from the writer, for sure. I love writers. They're so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about collaborating a lot. So we're going to keep on this thread and like exactly how editorial are you? Because you were talking about idea bouncing and like, do you do multiple rounds with your clients? Do you mind looking at stuff early? Like all the good stuff? Yeah. Um, no, so I'm definitely editorial. Um, like I said, it's one of my favorite parts of the job. Um, so when I sign something up, uh, you know, usually I, I'm pretty upfront on my offer calls about what sort of work I see that needs to be done so I can make sure that me and the, you know, the potential client are on the same page and that they're excited about my ideas for revision and that it clicks with them. Um, so then once I do sign someone, um, I go and write up my my letter and so and then go on to do usually multiple rounds of revision. And the way that I approach it, I think, is what most people do, like starting big picture and then getting smaller and smaller and smaller until you're at like the putting stuff in track changes, um, level. Mm-hmm. So, so typically for me, it's like one or two big picture revisions. And then I might do a round that's like scene level. Like maybe I'll have notes that are kind of chapter by chapter, or even just scenes that stick out that need some work or that aren't quite fitting. Um, and then from there, uh, going into, you know, line edits, which I don't do super intensely, but I, I, 
like to catch typos and things. It's just something that my brain does anyways. Um, and then I'll also point out like, oh, you know, the flow here is not quite working or... Catch them when you see them because they are real sneaky. <laughs> yes, it's so true. It's so true. But um, that stage mostly is just kind of finessing if like, oh, you know, she said this in this scene, but it, it completely goes against the thing we were just told in the last scene. And, you know, it's nowhere near as intensive as an editor is going to be or as a copy editor is going to be, but it's just getting the project in the absolute best stage that me and the author can together before we go on submission to give it its best shot. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you need to do, especially in today's climate. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I love that. You're very editorial then. Okay, cool. So saying that, how there does a book need to be for you in terms of taking on a new client and like where's the line for you between like an R&R and <laughs> a new client and a no and like I know it's I'm sure it's hard <laughs> these are questions I ask myself all the time too I feel like and these are questions I've actually like you know as I've uh grown into agenting um as a new agent it's something I asked a lot of other agents a lot mm-hmm. too to be like how do you know like what is when is it right um and it's just something that really does depend like project by project For me, I have noticed the trend is usually that the project's pretty strong and that most of my notes tend to be strengthening things that are already working, like looking at the coolest or best parts of the book. So you're not typically asking for rewrites. Well, I'm asking, I'm always asking for, for revisions and like relatively big revisions, but not like overhaul, this book's going to be unrecognizable. Um, It's always like, this relationship's amazing, but how do we sharpen it? Or this, this element of the world is awesome, but it gets totally forgotten. But it was my favorite part. Like, how can it be? How can we expand on it? Yeah. And how, how do, how do we bring that back? Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I don't, there are, I think a lot of times when I will, um, over email, maybe, um, if I'm passing on a manuscript and I liked a lot about it, but maybe don't have big ideas for how to improve it, I will, you know, mention to the person that I'd love to see their next manuscript or even a revision of that one if, if they end up doing that. Um, I don't usually do R&Rs, but if I do every so often, if I really love something um, and I have a lot of big ideas, um, then I will get on a call and and have that conversation and and kind of share my my big picture ideas if it's something that really the manuscript feels like it it needs a a bit of an overhaul or like a huge a huge aspect of it might need to change um in a way that feels like I don't know if that's if I have all the tools to offer the author at that point to get it as far as it needs to um usually I have that conversation with them and and just kind of see if if what my ideas are resonate with them that makes sense yeah I know that's a tough one sorry no it's it's a good (laughs) it's it's tough because it's like tough in every aspect it's like I also don't know it's really it's really case by case yeah what is your communication style like um I mean I think it depends on I I, you know I adjust to what my each of my clients is kind of looking for I think um I'm definitely email forward I'm I'm an email sort of person and I'm pretty fast on email um which is thanks to my my whole agency I think is relatively quick so I've been trained to to do that as well um I'm also but as I'm sure you have been able to tell over the past little bit I'm a talker so I I love if there's something that would be quicker to explain over phone or if we're talking about a manuscript or something creative or bigger questions that aren't a quick email away um for my clients who are comfortable on the phone that is something I'm always game to do as well um so yeah but I I try to be I don't know communication style positive direct um friendly um yeah (laughs) I'm like what are the adjectives yeah that's sort of my that's sort of my style on that okay cool how quickly can your clients expect to hear back from you and everything yeah I tell them within for like normal emails within 24 hours like on a business day um usually usually faster um 
Uh, and then in terms of like reading and getting revisions back, it really depends on, um, on my, my schedule at that time and how much is already on my list. But, um, usually it's a, I aim for around, you know, three, two, between two to four weeks, I think might be a good um, thing, but I'm always upfront with my clients about when they can expect it. So they can plan on their end as well. Yeah. 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 Okay. So varies a little bit, yeah. but okay. And that makes sense. I've talked to a couple of different agents at this point and they say that, you know, sometimes you'll get like a bunch of client manuscripts all at the same time. Yeah. And the fact is your, your working hours, at least for me, my working hours, I can't usually spend reading. Like it's a very special case if I can. Um, so that is usually set aside for um, after hours or I really like to do my my reading and editorial notes on the weekends because my brain is really fresh in the morning. So I like to like wake up and like give my give my morning and afternoon to that. Um, so so then it's a matter of like, okay, how many like weekends do I have um, open to do this? Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So you have a lot to keep organized. How do you stay organized? <laughs> and I'd love to hear how like, Distal as a whole keeps track of like where all the editors are, all the imprints and stuff, because everyone's, it seems like people are moving constantly and everyone's moving. It's true. It's true. At this point, I'm like, I don't know how many big houses there are or imprints. <laughs> I know it's a lot. No, that is something you can lean on on an agent for, for sure. Yeah, we've got a database, which is awesome. So we've got a database that keeps all that. Are y'all just like daily updating it, basically? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, we've got. Um, usually, I mean, if anybody learns, oh, so-and-so moved, they'll go into the database and update it. We've also got somebody on staff whose entire, like, part of her job is, like, she keeps track of, um, you know, if, if certain, like, publishing, you know, news announcements say, oh, so-and-so moved here or there, like, she'll update it for us. Oh, that's great. Um, And then I've got, yeah, so we've, we, we keep pretty on top of that. Um, as soon as anybody hears about that, we share it with the whole team. So, um, that's, that's really handy. Um, and then I've also got my own and, and in those, we also keep track of wish lists and if somebody's had a call with an agent, you know, or with an editor, what are they looking for right now? We share that with everybody. So we all, we're all on the same page and able to share that information because there's a lot of editors out there. That's really nice too. There's a lot of agents at your agency. So you've got a lot of people all day. Totally. And we can even like, you know, we collaborate on sub lists and stuff like that too, right? If I'm filling out a sub list, I'm like, oh, like who would be the person, perfect person at this imprint? I'm not really sure yet. I can go to a colleague who maybe has worked with a lot of people at that imprint and they can give me that, that input. So yeah, definitely. Again, yeah, that collaboration's great. Um, but yeah, and I have my own separate notes as well with my very detailed like notes after uh, calls or meetings with editors as well. Um, you know, that might not be as useful for, for the whole agency, but I'm like, we both really like lighthouses or something like that. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> um, so I kind of, we kind of jumped ahead. Um, how do you personally stay organized? Like, are you a big spreadsheet person? Do you, okay. Do you, do you love a good spreadsheet? Yes, I do spreadsheets. I'm kind of like everywhere. Yes, I do for different things. I use different, like on my personal, like I, I, I used to be like very into sticky notes, which I, I, I've grown out of. I love a good sticky note. <laughs> which I'm like, there was totally a time in my life where my desk would just be like littered with different to-do lists on different sticky notes which is not good um so now I usually just have I've got my one little sticky note that's my immediate reading list like the big reading projects I want to do in okay. order just so I have that because it's really satisfying to cross things off the list I think that's it really is. I think yes. that's why little... I do that yes <laughs> um but for reading and stuff like that yeah I've got excel spreadsheets tracking um reading and submissions um I've also got I don't know why at some point I set up a Trello to track um full manuscripts that I had um and what I, is that it's 
it's like virtual sticky notes, honestly. It's oh. like you set up, yeah, truly. It's like it's you set up a, a board. Um, it's I think it's just Trello.com. You just set up a board and you okay. can organize to-do lists. And then it's nice because they're basically like, like a virtual tile and you can attach, you can put text on, you can put comments, you can attach a document, you can flag it different colors. So it's just a nice, um, a nice way to keep, keep things organized. Yeah. Okay, cool. And it's always nice to put the little check mark on oh, yeah. things that is. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I've been using Notion. Oh, what's that? I, uh, I think I've heard of that before, but I haven't used it. It is. It's, I don't know. Okay. So it's basically like this blank slate, like it just looks like a blank page and then you can do bullet point things that like little check checklists you can make little tables you can do all kinds of stuff on there you can put things with calendars and stuff I don't know I really like it but it's probably only good for like smaller stuff because I do spend a lot of time like okay I'm gonna go make a new checklist and like <laughs> no I, <laughs> that's like, great well, you made 30 checklists but like you need to go actually do the things on the checklist it, making the checklist <laughs> is half the battle I think <laughs> it is it is it lets me know what's coming up it is satisfying at the very least <laughs> you were about to say another I think another program that you use oh um, Oh yeah, I was gonna say I use Microsoft To Do to organize some of my to do lists, um, which I was I'm mentioning because you can check things off and it makes a nice little ding sound. Oh, it does it dings it for you. Okay, cool. Yes, it does. It does sound really nice when you check something. I use that for mostly like my uh, follow ups and things like that. If I just need to know, like, oh, because you can schedule things, right? Like, oh, on this day. I'm going to go look and see what I had wanted to, to check in on. I'm the biggest dork and I actually use the sticker method and like I get a sticker. I love that. I love that. <laughs> That's adorable. When I accomplish a big thing, do you do the sticker method? I don't. It's really funny you say that though, because my partner has been trying to get me to do that because I don't, I don't have as many like physical to-do lists, okay. but I do have like a planner. But so every so often he'll come home with a really cute set of stickers and he's like, you should use these. And I'm like, but they're so precious. I don't want to like. <laughs> I know. Most of my stuff is like on digital stuff too but I have a like I have a wall calendar and like I'm like you survived the day you get a sticker there you go <laughs> you made this you <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh, if I had a wall calendar, I would totally do that. Maybe that's what I should do. Maybe if I just like make it through each day in my planner. I use um mm-hmm. passion planners actually. I've always been a, a planner person. Um, which of course, like I think going digital for planners probably makes a lot more sense, but I like the physical. I like a physical too, yeah. Yeah. I like the passion planners because they have um they break down the day by hour, um, which is what I just I like to be able to kind of be like, okay, this chunk and this chunk and this chunk. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm gonna sh- I know it's a podcast, but I'm gonna show you. Uh the one I got for next year. Oh wait, it's, oh. A, it's blurry because of the wait. I'll put it. Put it on your. Oh, put it on your there, face. No, there, put it in front of yes. your face. There we go. Oh, it's cute. Is that a moon? It's like, yeah, it's it's like rose gold and it's got little rabbits looking at a moon. Oh, it's cute. Real, yeah, and cute. you can't see it for crap, but yeah, it's um, it's yeah, it's a nice little setup. Nice. Um. Anyways, I get. I like to talk about planners. They make me happy. I do too. <laughs> I mean, I I'm the one who brought us on this, so it's fine. We're in good company. <laughs> It's like 30 minutes of this podcast is just going to be us talking about planner. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> okay, everyone. That's it for part one of episode nine. Don't forget to hop over to part two for the rest of my interview with Mike, where we'll discuss how to know when you're ready to send your book out, their query stat, how they read through their inbox, and what they're especially grabby hands for right now. The content list for this episode and all the Michaela links can be found in the show notes page of my website, linked below. Thanks so much for joining us.